uh, hello, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 79. My name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How is it going, girls and gays? Um, so I, I think that um, last week we had we had kind of an intense time here on Cartridge Cinema Club, <laughs> watching The Lawnmower Man and discussing The Lawnmower Man, which is an overwhelming film that had a lot of upsetting things in it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, after after that's after after going through that experience, I I feel like it, it it's only right to just sit down. And relax and you know enjoy a nice uh subpar pokemon film <laughs> yeah it's like like these this movie was by no means good but i also didn't have to pay as much attention to it and it didn't like make me like upset uh, see, viscerally I, I, I am i am like i am like taking notes at all times every time we watch a pokemon thing because my brain is just constantly buzzing with pokemon opinions at all hours of the day and if a Pokemon thing is in front of me, <laughs> my po- the the gland in the back of my brain <laughs> that <laughs> that's produces, true. That produces that Pokemon opinions starts I've, firing. I've, I've seen the gland bulging, <laughs> <laughs> the Pokemon gland. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I guess my you know uh, Pokemon general thoughts. I'll get out of the way real quick. Is just that this is the last of the movies where I will have recognized all the Pokemon in it. Mm-hmm. There's a clear and definite split. From the Johto region to what whatever the Generation Three one was, and I only mm-hmm. know like five Gen Three Pokemon, <laughs> so this will this will be even less fun for me going yeah. forward. But any, I digress. <laughs> this is also um, this is the first one that uh, was not released in the theaters in the United States. It's <laughs> um, a bit of a quality drop, I think. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they were still coming out at the theaters in Japan, so it was good enough for them, apparently. I hear that they like Pokemon over there. Apparently. It's unsubstantiated. I haven't been there. <laughs> anyway, what did we watch this week, Mark? Uh, so Pokemon 4 ever, uh, colon, Celebi, hyphen, Voice of the Forest, uh, is a 2001 uh, Pokemon movie. It's the fourth one of those, uh, hence the four um, Pokemon Four Fast, Four Furious. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it takes place during the fourth season of Pokemon Johto League Champions. Uh, that's you know Gen Two Pokemon all throughout. Uh, the English adaptation of this film was released in October of 2002 in the United States. It was produced by Four Kids uh, and it was released uh, straight to video um, mm-hmm. by and I forgot to. Uh, keep this in the notes but uh disney apparently t- yeah. owns the production company that uh or or owned the distribution yeah. house that released these it was Pokemon it was it was forward. a miramax joint um right that's yeah right. yeah i saw this movie uh once as a child and never again so unlike all of the previous pokemon films that we've watched here uh this one was like mostly new territory for my brain like you know parts right. of it i remembered but for the most part it was it's all it's all new opinions this time you know yeah it did, didn't leave a whole hell of an impact <laughs> yeah, when you were a kid not. i'm guessing yeah i think maybe it left a more of an impact this time <laughs> for I, reasons mm, that we will get into uh mm, ye- yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh, as far as the plot goes um it's it's Okay, it's not that it's complicated, because it's not. Um, it's just that the plot doesn't really have any, like, direction or motivation. So it's one of those one of those movies where things just kind of happen, you know? Yeah. And you just get... That's just how it is. Um, so uh, I'm just going to openly spoil the film 
out front already. I know that a lot of people are concerned about that, so just so you know, I, I, I am going to be spoiling the ending of Pokemon Forever. Um, the protagonist of this movie is not Ash Ketchum. Like, Ash Ketchum is in the movie, but he's not the protagonist. The protagonist is Professor Oak, um, but you don't know that it's Professor Oak until the end of the movie. So, Professor Oak is a, is a little kid 40 years ago, and he gets lost in the forest, and he gets chased by some spooky Pokemon, and, and then Celebi shows up, and Celebi is the voice of the forest, and we love Celebi, and Celebi uh, helps him escape, but he does that by traveling to the future 40 years. So then, now, Celebi and and Professor Oak are in, are in, are in, are in Ash and Misty and Brock's time, and they become friends with Ash and Misty and Brock, and they have some adventures and try to catch some Pokemon, and there's not really a lot of actual Pokemon catching in this movie, um, and then there's, like, a bad guy that wants to catch Celebi, but not super important, um, Suicune is also there, uh, but Suicune is basically just, like, a deus ex machina, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I texted you the words deus ex Suicune. <laughs> which I thought was pretty good, and I needed to say it at least once on the yeah. podcast. Um, and then, you know, the bad guy captures Celebi at the end, and Celebi turns into, like, a big Ava, um, and then, you know, they <laughs> save Celebi, and everything's cool, and Professor Oak goes back to the past, and then they, they, there's, like, a little hint that actually it was Professor Oak all along that they were hanging out with, isn't that so crazy? <laughs> that I feel like that made less sense what I was trying to explain it than <laughs> it does in my head, which is weird because, again, like, really not a lot happens in the movie and it's not super complicated. It's just that th there's no... Nothing is driving the plot forward in any significant way, so it just kind of... you just The film just kind of sits there on the floor, kind of wet and damp, and you're just like, yeah, there <laughs> it, it is. kind of the thing. It's just Pokemon like... There's forever. This, this is the most, like, oh, some stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's and then this happened and then this happened mm -hmm. and then you know some other stuff happened don't worry about it it, it <laughs> kind of doesn't really matter because then he goes back in time at the end so it's mm -hmm. kind of it's fine mm -hmm. um how'd you feel about uh, this one mark <laughs> well like every other piece of media this was ripping off lord of the rings uh because <laughs> lord of the rings also has you know the spirit of the forest uh and you know, to Tolkien, the culture owes a lot to yeah, Tolkien. Yeah, that's true. And, Tol and, and, and Tolkien, <laughs> Tolkien definitely owes a lot. invented the concept of there being a forest spirit. <laughs> yeah, and, and Tolkien, <laughs> Tolkien owes a lot to uh, colonialism. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, no, but I mean, kind of on this topic, uh, I thought that this would have much more of an environmental uh, message because mm -hmm. it's like the spirit of the forest. The forest is dying. I thought it'd be more of like an Ori in the Blind Forest type of thing because that's also a movie about purifying the corrupted yeah. parts of a forest. So, so when you say like environmental message, you mean like kind of like a '90s kind of way where it's like, oh <laughs> yes, yeah, where it, like in a Captain Planet kind of way, where where the giant capitalist corporation makes vague gestures toward you know saving the planet. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> they you know churn out uh they they shit jet fuel for 14 hours a day yeah just shit like that but it didn't even have that it, it wasn't even it was incidental the fact it, it was the forest because celebi's green <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. yeah stuff happens that's that's <laughs> i i didn't uh i didn't, didn't like this one <laughs> that much it's, yeah you didn't really feel strongly i think um I think that there are interesting 
threads to pull on in this movie. Uh, but yeah, as a whole, it's not particularly, uh, it's not the most exciting of these. Uh, it definitely looks the worst out of all of the Pokemon movies that we've watched. Um, we have talked a lot about the, um, what I will refer to as the Kirby right back at you style, where they're, they are just wildly shifting between CG and 2D hand-drawn animation and higher quality and lower quality 2D hand-drawn animation and <laughs> CG being overlaid over the 2D animation and it's like switching like every shot almost and it's disorienting and awful. Um, this is one of those and it's 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 upsetting because that first Pokemon movie used very little of that CG and was a lot of really nice hand-drawn animation and looked real good. Uh, and this movie does not look real good, unfortunately. Um, other than that, you know, as as far as, like, the Pokemon movie stuff goes, Team Rocket, still the best part of this movie. They still somehow, all of the, all of the script writing effort, all of the, the joke punching up, all of, all of the, like, creative energy, uh, for humor goes into Team Rocket, and then the, the rest of the script is basically barren. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's weird. They they All only have chops. Like yeah, they only yeah. have chops when they're writing Team Rocket. Um, Brock is still the fucking worst. Brock is maybe, like, the most pathetic character ever put to screen. <laughs> I... <laughs> You know, I'm we, here for this take. We, we've talked about this before on this podcast, how, you know, like, oh, everybody thought Brock was, like, the funny guy that hits on, you know, women, and that's a funny joke when you're a kid. Um, and then watching them now, it's like, oh, this guy is, like, a really obnoxious sex pest. Um, and at this point, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, if he sees a woman, he just immediately, like, starts groveling at their feet. And it's, it's like, very creepy and sad. <laughs> and I don't find that character funny anymore as an adult now <laughs> nope uh because i feel like we've all we all have like met a brock in real life mm -hmm. now uh and as children we hadn't necessarily <laughs> uh known what a brock would be like in real life <laughs> yeah it was just kind of like, oh, some people, you know, really like girls, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And they write love songs and they're just romantic. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, mm. That, uh, mm. Mm. you know, turns out uh, women be having agency um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in real life. They, they, they sure they sure be doing that. Yeah. And uh, Brock, you know, doesn't really care. He doesn't really respect that. Um, no. I want to talk about my favorite character in this movie, um, whose name is... The Iron Masked Marauder. This is a decent bad guy. I will I, give this movie that. He's, I mean, well, he's not like good, like in in a in a story sense, but he's he sure is there. He's he you you are excited when he's on screen. He's not a good villain in that like he he. It's unclear what he wants or what he's trying to do exactly. He's like part of Team Rocket. And you know this because he's got an R on the back of his jacket, and then and and the, and and Jesse and James and Meowth know who he is, and apparently he's like hot shit. Um, yeah, he and, does say the boss at some point, re yeah. re referring to his boss, which that means that he is in Team Rocket. Uh, but uh, you know, this guy, uh, he's like he's got a big helmet that gives him like weird giant cartoon man eyes, and he drives around the forest in a giant robot spider, um, and he also has a jetpack. Um, and, <laughs> God, this is, you know, he, he, he's like the, 
He's he's like the Batman of <laughs> Team Rocket in that he just has insane like he has access to just insane like canceled government projects. <laughs> Like he's he's got the tumbler in the yeah he's, <laughs> in the garage. He's got the giant robot spider that the United States government developed for use in Vietnam. Yeah, um, and then they, they just didn't use it because you know, because yeah. reasons. Yeah, and so you know the film is like kind of loosely driven around by this guy trying to capture Celebi, and at the end of the movie, he he finally does capture Celebi, and this is the part where Celebi becomes an Ava, and when I say that, I mean like Celebi becomes what looks like a monster from Evangelion made mm-hmm. out of like thorns and shit, and it kind of whips, but also it's CG, so it looks like shit. Um, and, 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 and the Iron Mask Marauder is like, now I have all I need to rule the world. <laughs> and this I mean, is the he, first he's mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. He's, he's the most like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, well, he has the ultimate, I'm a bad guy. Holy shit. Uh, line this in the movie. An, this is an unbelievable moment in this film. Yeah. This is, for the record, this is the only, like, direct quote from the movie I wrote down. Usually I've got a page full of them. He pulls out this black Pokeball and he says, the Pokemon I catch with a dark ball become evil Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) And And they reach their ultimate power level. The... (laughs) So, not only is... Not only is, you know, concrete morality something that can be, you know, digitized and quantified, but it can be, you know... It can be transferred. It can be transferred from a a mechanism. And apparently uh, it's desirable. Yeah, like... It's it's just, it's just, it's funny because, like, he says... This this dark ball can turn Pokemon into evil Pokemon, as if the phrase "evil Pokemon" is a proper noun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically what it is in this yeah. movie. It just means, oh, their color palette is like but one like the, shade darker, and it, then they can do stronger hyper beam. It's like it's never elaborated on, you know, like that. No. And obviously, if we go into like the mora- the, the the concept of morality, wouldn't it be like? If he owns an evil Pokemon and he's evil, would that make it a good Pokemon? <laughs> I, 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 I don't. So uh, the thing that the thing that I love about this is that it is like a distillation of the way that Pokemon bad guys are just like they catch Pokemon, but in an evil kind of way. You know? Yeah, ca- ca- capture and enslave uh, creatures with agency, but make it evil <laughs> like in like every po- every pokemon everything is like this right like like in yeah. the in the second pokemon movie it was the evil collector guy with the airship <laughs> you know and it was like oh he's catching pokemon but but when he does it it's evil <laughs> yeah these pokemon are less comfortable than they are when they're in a pokeball yeah. against their will yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like i don't like you know it, you it, it's the thing where you run into you can't elaborate on Pokemon without it collapsing no. on itself. It's like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but not when you keep, like, shoving it in our face. Yeah, you can't keep drawing attention to it. Yeah, like that one Pokemon generation where the whole plot was, like, Pokemon 
where it turns out that the good guys are right and Pokemon want to be enslaved. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you could have just come up with a, a better concept. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to keep it. not made the movie about that. <laughs> it's like they keep trying to justify themselves like yeah. to, to someone who's not asking for it to be justified. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the guy who's like who's like, "No, no, no. I, I love gay people. I'm not gay, but like I love but like I, all my friends are gay. I totally get I go to the gay bar all the time. They have great drinks, but I'm not gay." It's like, "Bro, I wasn't asking. I, I don't I don't care who you fuck actually." That's what this movie is, you know. That's what every Pokémon property is where they try to bring up the slavery thing like just don't bring up the slavery thing i'm willing to i'm willing for this to be a a conceit of this world that we enslave (laughs) creatures with sentience just don't make me think about it oh my fucking god (laughs) um any other thoughts on that before i move on no i think i no yeah no i think you nailed it um so i i do think that like they they miss a really great opportunity in this movie to like do something interesting with Pokemon lore. Um and I want to talk about like what I think is the single coolest fucking moment in this entire movie where I was like I like sat up and got really excited when this happened. There's a scene where Ash and uh kid Professor Oak uh are are doing a Pokemon battle, battle together and Professor Oak pulls out his Pokeball and it's, like, this shitty, like, analog-looking thing where he has to, like, twist a knob off of it before the Pokemon can come out and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I loved that because they never do stuff like that with Pokemon, ever. Um, yeah. You never get to see, like, the pre, uh, like the pre-Pokeball like the tech. You never get to see what this world was like before the technology to control Pokemon was perfected. Um, but that's kind of the only moment in the movie where they do anything with that. Like, I feel like Professor Oak should be more intrigued by all of the future tech around him, but he does just does not seem interested in it at all. He doesn't ask Ash like, like when he pulls out his shitty analog pokeball from 40 years ago and throws out his charmillion and then ash comes out with this fucking crazy digital thing you know um like i there should be a reaction there you know he should be like wow holy shit i've never seen anything like that before and like him and ash should like have conversations about like what is it like but what was it like before what do you use to catch pokemon and stuff like that they just don't engage with any of that stuff um which i think is a bummer because i thought it was really cool that they introduced that concept and i was like hoping they would kind of keep pulling on it and they just they just don't so that's kind of a bummer um movie's kind of gay though um the, the, the i mean that that's the thing yeah in this, movie. this is this is like a moment kind of like if you if you've listened to our animal crossing movie mm-hmm. episode where we we go out and say like the gay stuff in this movie isn't even like it isn't even subtext. Like it's just the text. Like yeah, it's um, it, it's it's that thing. It's that thing where if if it was a guy and a girl, you wouldn't even question that this was romantic. Yeah, you wouldn't. Well, I, like I would say, I would go further to say like you wouldn't even question that the writers were intentionally setting it up. Like you wouldn't even question that you were being led to see those see these two characters. Uh, in a romantic way with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we're gonna get to how it's weird because it's Ash and Professor Oak. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that, but first I want to make my case, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they stay up late together while everybody else is sleeping. They're in, they're in the forest, and they're, like, camping outside. And Ash and Sam uh, <laughs> uh, sit mm-hmm. together and talk about Pokemon. And uh, Ash, like, has his jacket and hat off, too. He's, yeah, like, he's clearly, just, like, in, like, comfy mode. Yeah, like, he's just wearing mode. a t-shirt. And then, like, uh, Sam is, like, drawing. Uh, Pikachu and Celebi are, like, snuggled up together sleeping. And, and he's drawing it in his sketchbook. And he's, like, showing Ash his drawings. And they're talking about Pokemon and, and talking about, you know... Just, you know, stuff that interests them. Um, they walk through the forest and watch the Butterfreeze evolve together. You know, all of the Metapods are all on the trees and they evolve. And then they sit in a tree together and look at the stars and watch the Butterfree fly into the sunset. And then they put their arms around each other while they're sitting in a tree together. Um, now, 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 Alex, can yes. you tell me why this scene would exist if not? to establish the thing that you're describing because it has no bearing on the plot like however thin it may be i I mean i i think that the intent of the film is they're trying to set up like oh professor oak and ash like you know they have this sort of like timeless connection to one another if they had if they had known each other when they were kids they would have been the best of friends you know like a a metaphysical bond yeah you know that they've kind of had over time because they're just they're just really good friends and 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 all that um guy guy pals because you know obviously they didn't intend uh they didn't intend it to be romantic because it's very, very questionable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and also, it's a movie made in two thousand four for children, so it's not gonna be gay, like obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but, I'm sorry that you have made you have made a gay film. Like they, it's just, it's just, it's just how it is. Like I, I challenge apologize you to... that your product is gay. <laughs> yeah. Like I challenge you to watch it. The, there's like a solid like five to ten minute sequence in the middle of this movie that's just Ash and Professor Oak like like having a nice quiet moment together. <laughs> um yeah. and I it yeah, that shit was gay. Uh and then you find out it's Professor Oak at the end and you're like, hmm. hmm. Yeah, because you'd have to like <laughs> retcon a hell of a lot to make that okay. You'd have to like <laughs> Because, like, right, like, uh, like Professor Oak, you know, canonically, like, meets Ash as a very, very young child mm-hmm. uh, and, like, befriends him and mentors him uh, when you're an adult and the kid is still 10. Now, according to... So, like, if he, <laughs> if they met when they're both 10 and they're in love, that's fine, whatever. But this movie suggests... That he grew up, you know, being in love with Ash the whole time. <laughs> and then as like a 45-year-old uh, befriended a five-year-old Ash being like, that's the love of my life right there. I'm going to, oh, you man. know, befriend him and develop a deep metaphysical bond with that child that I know I'm going to have loved when I was 10 and he was 10. Um, um, Look, this is a complicated film. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you have to have a certain level of, God. you know, 
God, God, this movie <laughs> not, walks so this movie walks so call me by your name could run. <laughs> what are we watching next week, Mark? It's a, it's a real moonlight of a film. <laughs> so it's a regular uh, no other gay movie. That was a dunk on Call Me by Your Name. I'm, uh, Moonlight's supposed to be good. Let's not. Yeah, you know what? That movie's actually good. I didn't mean <laughs> yeah, to. Let's, let's I didn't not mean tarnish to. it like that. <laughs> um. Well, next week, uh, we're it's kind of a throwback to when we did we knocked out all those '90s and '80s terrible fighting game movies oh, in a row. Um, this one is about Double Dragon, which is not a fighting game, but I digress. Uh, it's a 1994 live action film because we did a, some cartoons recently, mm-hmm. um, based on the video game series uh, with both Jimmy and Bimmy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Mark uh, DeCascos and Scott Wolf. Uh, Alyssa Milano, I recognize that name uh, mm-hmm. as Mar- Marianne, and that's a person in that movie. Yeah. There's some other actors. Um, <laughs> the film takes place in an earthquake crippled Los Angeles in the in the distant future of 2007. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> the city is styled as a mix between post-apocalyptic and the 80s slash 90s punk environment we're gonna see oh how well that sentence from wikipedia holds up <laughs> there there is a lot of politics involved in the sentence 80s slash 90s punk environment yeah because, <laughs> mm, you're taking huh. a big swing there wikipedia <laughs> yeah are the are the cops gonna shut down uh, a bad religion show mm-hmm. at this in this movie <laughs> god um yeah uh i've heard this is a legendarily awful film so you know yeah, but but Lawnmower Man was a hell of a film, yeah, and that was 1994 as well. You so. know, I I we've been through so much that like <laughs> don't like it. You know, like like okay, like early on in this podcast when it's like, oh, we gotta watch the Double Dragon movie next week. Fuck, that's probably gonna suck and be a slog. At this point, like I've seen so many awful movies that like I, I feel like this. I'm just like unfazed on this one. I feel like it's gonna be no problem. <laughs> You really build up some calluses uh, for for bad uh, live action movies from the '90s when you when you do a podcast based on video game movies. There's such you, a look to that particular type of film. I you ever think about how like the two of us are like in the top ten like foremost authorities on video game movies now? <laughs> like who else on earth like? Can go to toe to toe with us. Oh, man. There, I feel like I don't know. There, there, there are two other video game movie podcasts that I am aware of, but I believe we have more episodes than either of those podcasts. So we have truly put in the work, uh, and I would say that yes, we are some of the foremost <laughs> authorities on video game movies uh, and the trials and tribulations <laughs> that come with with succumbing to yeah. them. When you said that there are two other podcasts, I heard Donald Glover in my head say, all I know is I'm the best one. Because <laughs> we are the best one. Uh, uh, where can people find the podcast <laughs> on the internet, Mark? You can find the podcast at Cartridge Cinema. On Twitter, that's at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. Um, quick other little plug I'm going to do. Uh, I have a Twitch account now. And I stream every Monday, which is the day that the episodes come out. So if you are listening right now, uh, I'm streaming tonight. Uh, if I mean, if you're listening to it <laughs> as it comes out, you get the fucking point. 
Um, I'm streaming that Monday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Mark underscore Drizzle is the Twitch channel. Come mm-hmm. uh, hang out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. I'm there it, sometimes. This is true. You can find uh, out for, which 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 people in the Super Smash Brothers community we don't like. It's a great time. <laughs> it, it'd be an easier list if we just described who we do like. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> iTunes and Spotify are places that you can listen to the podcast. Also SoundCloud and your favorite podcasting app. Rate us. It helps with SEO and stuff. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops. Don't join the military. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening. Bye.